You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yes, sir. It's showtime! The Dear Pat Station Podcast is in association with RayRoad.com and the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Sponsored by the Newsbreak app. Support the Dear Pat Station channel by downloading the free Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. The Newsbreak app is a dynamic app that uses your geolocation to collect all of your local news all in one place. So help the podcast and get yourself a pretty great app by downloading the Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. And uh, just an added bonus, you can follow me over on Newsbreak and get some exclusive content. Make sure that you never miss a video or a live stream. Subscribe to the Gear Station YouTube channel and hit that little notification bell so that you know every time that something is happening on the channel. Follow us on Twitter at RayRouteWeb and check out our website, RayRoute.com, for new videos, podcast episodes, blogs, and the merch store. Uh, don't forget to check out my Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash Sports For $5 a month, you get an exclusive live stream every week and a chance to ask questions and make comments on every episode of the Dear Pat Station podcast and the Dear Pat Station live show. Plus, you get to hang out with us every second Friday night for the live show and the virtual Patreon hangout. Head on over to patreon.com slash Sports and become a member today. Don't forget to download the Dear Pat Station podcast every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castro, and Google Podcasts, RayRoute.com, and DeanBlundell.com. Want to get your hands on uh, some of this Dear Pat's Nation merch? Head on over to the merch store over at D- DPN, DPN slash sports slash talk dot creator slash spring dot com. I've left that link in the description. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ray Route, and I will be your host today. I am joined by my co-host, Producer Mike. And a little bit later on, we'll be joined by our regular Buffalo Bills guru, the table jumper himself, Mario from Hashtag Sports. With all of that being said, let's get this show started. Producer Mike, what's going on, homie? What's up, man? How you been? Good. Well, we didn't have a show last week, so I missed you. I know. It's been a while. You shaved. I know. I know. I uh, I felt like I betrayed you the other day, but it'll be back. It's, yeah, it's an you know, Italian you just, thing. You just got to keep it thin. And now it means you had to go see your grandmother or something and had to shave for the event. You know, it's funny you say that. Well, actually, it's confirmation season. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. It's confirmation season. I know what's going on. <laughs> You know, what's funny is both my grandmothers have passed, rest their souls, but every time my grandmother ever saw me with a beard, she's like, oh, Mikey, it's so nice to see you. You would look so much better if you shaved. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think you're, do you think you're Nona every time you shave? Come on. I do. I do. Cause, you got cause it. That, that was the funniest thing, especially as old people, you know, get up there when she got into like her 80s and 90s, just no filter. Oh, you'd look so good if you just shaved. 
Oh, uh, so what I miss? It's been two weeks. Anything, uh, anything, anything big happened in the last two weeks? Dude, the weather here has been awesome. I've been outside. I'll be honest. I, I missed you guys last week, but I would have been doing this from outside at the pool. It's been freaking awesome. So yeah, we. It's been hit and miss here. It yeah. was sunny but cool on Saturday. It was nice on Sunday but a bit cloudy. Today was warm but rainy. Weird, weird weather around here in, in, in Toronto. Yeah, we got we got a bonus day today. It was supposed to rain and it's just been sun all day long. So good stuff. We we uh we had sun most of the day today, which was nice. Yeah. And then uh but then it's gotten cloudy as the evenings come along. But at least it's weather, like it's t shirt weather. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the important piece, right? That's that's the important part of it all. Oh, thank you, everybody who's watching on the uh, YouTube page. Thanks, everybody who is uh, tuning in across the Dean Blundell Network. 20 viewers on uh, on the Twitter right now. That's so, awesome. Uh, I see the Twitch is working tonight, so that's awesome. Yeah, we don't, we don't get on Twitch very often, so pretty uh, pretty thrilled about being on the Twitch. Uh, should we get into some, some football talk, or what should we do here? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to try to kill time to see if Mario is going to show up. He we he did give me a heads up that he's going to be late. Where, I don't know, I've got this like feeling like late means like never coming. But we'll see. It could. Hey, you know. You know they haven't. Busy. He hasn't seen my message with the link yet. So. <laughs> I don't know, he, man. He'll, he'll come when he gets here. He's probably busy uh, at Home Depot looking at, you know, folding tables. So. Yeah, wood ones too, so we can go right through them. Do you think he has like a branded one, like a, a hashtag, like a, like a hashtag branded table? Because that would yeah. be, oh, dude, that's a merch idea. Hashtag, yeah. like you know, we should create like Buffalo Bills merch, and we'll get like little little keychain tables that like break away. You can like slam a Lego guy through it or something. Oh, that'd be so, awesome! Like the finger, you know, the finger skateboards instead. Yeah, you yeah, except your it's, yeah, you slam your fingers through the table and then like. Like we could do like Lego sets where just like it's just broken tables everywhere and some guy in a Buffalo Bills jersey. Like that's the whole build. Does it come with a little dildo too? <laughs> Let's get into the stories. <laughs> All right. So I saw this tweet uh yesterday from Andrew Callahan. Meant to do a vlog about it last night. Uh just got home late, too tired. So we'll talk about it tonight. Andrew Callahan said, are the Patriots running a new offense? Bill Belichick's answer was quote, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, listen, this one made me laugh out loud because this is just Bill Belichick basically telling the media, I don't have, I can say whatever I want to you and yeah. there's nothing you could do about it. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of explain, I did a little bit of a Twitter thread on this yesterday and I'm, I'm going to explain my thought processes. I feel like this is a little bit of a waste of my time. Like it was a way, it was a waste of time asking the question knowing that bill belichick wasn't going to answer anything like they don't tip their hat hand to yeah. anything in new england and then b reporting on the fact that he didn't give an answer however i don't know is mid-season form by bill belichick so a hat tip to you yes, uh, sir. sir for that answers but then this brought me back to a different question the reason that we've have been discussing over the last couple of weeks, and this probably would have been the main topic of the podcast last week had I not had to cancel, was that we were hearing all these rumblings last week that the Patriots are going to be running, quote, a completely different offense. That's what we were led to believe. So we're both kind of like, wow, whoa, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. And then 
Kendrick Bourne kind of walks his comments back at the at the end of last week, and he's just like, "No, I meant like the terminology is different and all that kind of stuff." So that had me sitting there going, "Like, okay, you yeah. know, like now." So here's my thing. Here's my you want my theory on it. You want my theory on it? Let, let, let's do it. Drop it on me. I believe that the Patriots are somewhat tweaking their offense because I'm going to put on the table right now that when they drafted Mac Jones, they basically told the NFL world for at least the next five years, we're going to be running the same offense as we did with Tom Brady, regardless of who's the offensive coordinator, because look, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but we we know his skill set. We also know his limitations. The Patriots aren't going to be able to run that you know, college style offense that we see out of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and those kind of guys, we're going to see more of a traditional pocket passer. There's limitations. I think the Patriots run game is still going to be a big part of the run game, but maybe they aired out a little bit. Maybe they go to a little bit more of a spread. We saw Mac Jones have his most express, most success in a spread offense last season. So I'm thinking like that could be the, you know, the breakdown of it, but let me throw this at you. Sure. So it is changing. Terminology is changing. Signals are changing. Some of the offensive game plan is changing. And Kendrick Bourne got the the wrist slap for tipping his hat to the media. Because I could see that infuriating Bill Belichick, that Kendrick Bourne tipped at all, that the Patriots offense is possibly changing. Um, and that's why I think, and that's why I think Belichick was like, you know what? I'm not even going to give like a cliche answer. I'm not going to give the, you know, we change all the time. He's just like, yeah. he just straight up was like, I don't know. And that just yeah. ends it because the story is no longer about the Patriots offense. It's about Bill Belichick's answer. And that's why he is an absolute genius. I don't care what people think of Bill Belichick. It's why he is an absolute genius when it comes to dealing with the media and controlling the message coming out of his locker room. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I totally agree with you here in the sense that, you know, no matter what they're doing, Kendrick Bourne definitely got a little bit of the hand slap regardless, you, you know, behind behind the scenes, because this is something that even if they are changing the terminology, and I would agree that they probably are, it, you know, he Belichick even said, like, yeah, we're trying to condense things. We're trying to make things a little easier. But he doesn't want anybody to know even that much. You know, you said it. The, I I watched the interview. Pure midseason form. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then he dropped a, uh, the perfect Belichick, uh, you know, cliche answer of, yeah, well, we don't rank them. You know, in other yeah. words, of like, what what kind of you know what level of changes are we making? It's like, all right, well, when he drops the quote unquote, I don't rank them. You know, you pissed him off, like. Yeah, no, it's it, it's like I said, clearly, clearly midseason form for Belichick. And yeah, I do. I think that that was Belichick absolutely positively covering up for Kendrick Bourne, running his mouth, saying too much, not doing the Patriots way to handling the media. Uh, but I just I like it made me laugh so hard. Yep. And yeah. And I know that people are going to react to the title like this. This came up like very early. As soon as we posted live this. uh this comment from was that Malak, the the spinner of yarns, like, well, what the hell should he tell us? What he's what he's planning? And that was exactly our point. I mean, the, right. the, to me, the title of the of the podcast today, which is Belichick doesn't know if the Patriots are running a new offense this season, that was tongue in cheek for me. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a joke, 
right? Um, yeah, and this is this is again him just giving the middle finger to the media. If he was talking the way I'm talking right now, he'd just be like, "Guys, I'm not telling you crap," you know. And he just, he, you know, he just does the Belichickian thing of, "Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why are you in my face? I don't know. I'm not telling you anything. Go away." <laughs> I am though going to pick out what could be one of the greatest. YouTube comments of all time when delusional Patriot fan says all this time, Josh McDaniels and Brady was holding old crazy bill back because apparently old dictator bill is changing the offense, <laughs> changing how everyone else be damned. Fantastic. You know what? That's a, that's a two clapper. That is like just apps. Fantastic comment uh, from delusional Patriots fans. So yeah. So again, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, whoa. What's going on? <laughs> Reported two minutes ago from Adam Schefter. So in all, the Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup's three-year $80 million extension wow. includes $75 million guaranteed and is worth $110 million over five years. That ties him to Los Angeles through 2026. Congratulations, Cooper Cup. Well-deserved. He got paid, man. He got paid. He did. This he is did, like, yeah. I mean... I'm sorry, and I'm going to go back. And I know that you and I have flip flopped on this a lot, and we usually we usually pick the side of the argument that helps us that day. Um, but at this point, Mike, I don't think we can defend the salary cap anymore. Like no. we've sat there and been like, the salary cap does exist. It's why the Patriots are where they are. Blah 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 blah. We can't do it anymore. Like there's no excuse. It's actually we can't defend Bill Belichick using the salary cap anymore. This team has now brought back Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup re gave Matthew Stafford an increase. I mean, this is a team that's done a lot of things. Uh, Bill Belichick, yeah, we can't use the cap as a thing anymore because we've seen the Buffalo Bills do it. We've seen the Chargers do it, or the, the Rams now do it. We saw the Chiefs do it. it it's I mean, the Saints do it on a, on a, like almost like a weekly Regular basis. Base. Yeah. Um, we can't do it anymore. We can no longer use the cap as an excuse for Belichick because, I mean, he used to be the master of manipulating the cap. It's almost like he's a step behind now. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's a step behind, but the days of, you know, really trying to cheap out on premier talent, especially when you don't have a premier quarterback to attract it necessarily, that's gone, man. You know, the fact that they got Devontae Parker for what they did, that's that's the last of those deals. You're not going to see a guy like that going for six million anymore unless he's getting released and coming somewhere to basically ring chase. So, yeah, Aaron Donald. Uh, 30 million, what two days ago, 30 million dollars a year, and yep. Cooper Cup basically around that right now. From the sounds of things, it's amazing that Aaron Donald was considered retirement until they're like, Hey, we'll give you 30 million dollars a season. He's like, Oh, okay, you yeah, know? all right, I guess if you want me, I all right, I'll try it out. Yeah, it also right. helps that the owner of the Rams is like, uh, it's some kind of software billionaire though, and has more cash on hand than uh. Yeah, you I know, know. Robert Jesus. Kraft's only worth $4 billion. I mean, that's just... You yeah, know, this... Yeah, this and then change. What's his name? Bought the Broncos now? The Walmart? Walmart Mr. Walmart. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Walmart, who's, you know, worth more than all the other NFL owners combined. Speaking yeah, the Broncos... Of, oh, go ahead. Do you know how much financial trouble we're in right now? Like, just in general, not the Patriots, like, just us in general? No, I don't. 
dude, for the first time in 35 years, Walmart's stock like dropped by 11% because they showed way less profit than they were expecting this quarter. Which just yeah. tells us how like just recession bound we are at the moment and that people aren't even spending at Walmart. No, it's, who have it's never scary. been affected, have not been affected by any financial crisis because they're like the greatest shoppers in the world and make get things so cheap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, co- the combination of just increased, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about this because I know everybody gets depressed by it, but I'm we're sure not going to every... blame anybody. We're just going to talk about the realities that we live in. Right no, now. no. Listen, you know, if you're paying, you know, as of, I think yesterday in my area, it crossed $5 a gallon for gasoline, which I know compared to Canada is still probably pretty cheap, but I don't know. I think we're pretty good. Let me tell you what, I'll, I'll do the conversion here. Yeah. So we're paying two fifteen. I filled up yesterday at two fifteen a liter. Mm-hmm. One liter of gas equals zero point two six U.S. gallons. Um, so basically, let's say to round it up, every four—I uh, don't know—for an approximate result, divide the volume value by three point seven eight. So at one every four liters is a gallon. Yep. So we're basically paying two four six eight. <laughs> Yeah, um, you guys pay what like Los Angeles does for gas. Yeah, like... so 8, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. So we're basically we paid basically 860 a gallon. I paid yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy. A little bit less because we we rounded down to 25 from 26, but yeah, about it's eight bucks to make it. Yeah, it's 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 getting scary. You know, I'm kind of hoping for everybody that you know. By some miracle, we all see some relief here shortly because the summer is going to get nuts for a lot of people. Yeah, me too. Um, I just need a second here, guys. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. I have uh, increased my screen and I can't figure it. There we go. I couldn't figure out how to make it smaller. It was my my web. I was trying to click on my notes. Oh. and Anywho. Blew it up. I, I blame George Washington. That's what I'm putting the blame on. Thanks, Washington. Yeah, you jerk. <laughs> Go back into the history book. So it's four fifty to five bucks in in Buffalo. Apparently, four fifty four in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. It's good. some states. Some governors are actually waiving the gas tax to give people a little bit of relief. But well, we just had a provincial election here, and I heard our premier is doing the same. But eight bucks a gallon is what I'm paying right now. That's insanity. Speaking yeah, that's, of uh, speaking that's of eight us. bucks a gallon. Actually, I don't. I don't know how it you works. Like so. Do you like segways? <laughs> Do you like segways? People. <laughs> he has arrived, Mister Four Fifty a Gallon himself, Mister Hashtag Sports. That Segway was as smooth as a chainsaw. What up, gentlemen? How you doing? Up, I didn't how know you? you paid eight dollars for milk. <laughs> <laughs> Our milk comes in bags here. I know <laughs> that is stuff. weird to me. It, I know so it always weird. it weirds out Americans. I know. I don't know why it weirds you guys. It just seems weird. But what's weirder than that is how'd the first guy know that milked the cow? What was he really trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> that guy was suspect. <laughs> yeah, how do you explain that to people? How do you explain? Hey, guess what I found, guys? You hey, look what I found. I found this good drink. Well, how'd you get it? Well, it comes out of the cow. Well, how did you I figure it out? <laughs> well, um, I, I slipped in the mud and I had to hold on to something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how boy. are you man 
I am uh, got just got sorry, uh, uh, dear Pat's nation, that I'm late. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. But why I'm late is because I was at my son's uh, concert. He has chorus concert tonight. He has his uh, orchestra concert tomorrow. So I was there doing my fatherly duties, watching him sing at the top of his lungs, and it was phenomenal. So right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kid you. So we I, we talked the other night. Yes. I called you. You called me. Yeah. And, um, honestly, I thought you said I have to go to my son's court session and <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe there's something going on and he's got, to do this. so I was like, oh, okay, well, good luck. That's why I said good luck at the end. I'm like, good luck. Man. <laughs> it was, it, I thought you said good luck. Cause like, you're like, okay, because I don't no, know. I, I thought you, had, I, I thought you said, so this is a much better reason. <laughs> yes oh absolutely yes he jumps thought, through too many tables for me though i gotta talk to him i gotta tame him a little bit oh you should have heard or he might fight. be at some court hearing <laughs> i don't know yeah, your kids your kids are the ones that all come on and talk nice about the patriots when they're here so they're oh all... my god that was that... have you, you seen the one you see the... oh i could i have them i have the one from your daughter who says mac jones is better than josh allen i have the one of your son oh, that was valentino when i said who's the best quarterback in the afc east mac said, jones mac jones Hey, what's up? We need to talk. So we got so we went through our first subject. We got like five more to go through, but we we need it's story time. It's story time. Yes, your story time. My story time. What stories do I have to tell? Oh, this one right here. How do you think you're going to do in fantasy football this year? (laughs) Funny story. Hold on, hold on. So this guy (laughs) calls me, and what are the first words that come out of your mouth? I, you think I can remember? I don't even remember what I wore. His today. first words are, "I got kicked out of my fantasy league today." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I got kicked out of. I got kicked out of a dynasty league. Now I've been in this dynasty league for about six years. Uh, last year, I got kicked out of my other dynasty league. Okay. <laughs> now I have a propensity. I am the math and the figuring out the numbers for the salary cap for a dynasty league always intrigues me. So I'm always trying to trade here, trade there. But when you have owners that don't even read their messages for four or five days, it's annoying as hell. Okay. So long story, even longer. I'm in a dynasty. Last year I get kicked out because I won't trade the commissioner, Josh Allen. <laughs> and I purposely overbid for Russell Wilson. So he doesn't get him. <laughs> like I'm just being a dick. So now this year, this guy tried to trade me three different times for Kirk Cousins. He's a $6 Kirk Cousins, which if you guys play dynasty with salary cap, that's a pretty nice price for a guy that had similar stats to an MVP. He tried to trade me three times. I said, no. I said, your deals are shitty. He tried trading me Michael Carter for Kirk Cousins. And I said, you know, I have Brees Hall, right? He goes, get that handicap. I'm like, a handicap is like a wide receiver five. That's a trade. I'm not trading you Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Sorry, dude. And then uh, a couple days later, I called him soft, and he kicked me out of the league. And then three days after that, he traded for Kirk Cousins with the new owner. And I'm like, you are a piece of shit. You really are 100% a piece of shit. So if you're listening, Jason, go fuck yourself. Damn. Things have changed since Monday because Mario wasn't going to get into the details on Monday. Oh, my God. My team was disgusting this year and cheap. Dude, I said. He goes, he says something like, I wanted to kick him out last year. Well, why didn't you boot me when I was one and four last year, you idiot? No, you just wanted to take my money. Okay. I so I so badly hope that Jason watches 
He, he, I don't think he does, but if he does, uh, can you send him the link and just say click on it around 21 minutes? I wish, I wish I could send him. I'll, I'll let him know, but it's just, it's, it's very, it's very interesting that the commissioner kicks me out after I wouldn't trade him cousins at three different occasions and then trades with the guy that just takes over the team. Like, mm, mm, okay, interesting. Now, so the you this? Now, wait, I just want to tell you this. This is something I didn't tell you, right? Okay. I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys. I'm hijacking the show. Cousins, Barkley, Kamara, Brees Hall was my flex. Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, Juju Smith, Kyle Pitts was my tight end. You're telling me I'm not going to scare some fucking people with that lineup? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. Damn. There we go. Hey, what's up, man? I got kicked out of my fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, delusional! It's the worst because you sent out like seven or different trades, and you're like, I, you know, I want to, I want to do this, I want to do this. It doesn't work. Oh, oh man. man, I'm telling you, I just <laughs> you like honestly, I don't there. think there's ever been a time that we have started a conversation on the telephone where it's just like, hey, how's it going? It's always like. I mean, we've told Mike some stuff off air that we can't even talk about on air, but you've dropped jokes on me when I've answered the phone, and I'm just like, oh, my God, too soon. It's been an hour. <laughs> you're referring to the former quarterback of the Steelers. We're not talking about it. <laughs> like I said, we won't talk about it on air, but I've just, yeah. I still, right. I got the name of that player, by the way. I told you I was going to find the name of that player. Did you? The next player that got signed. <laughs> Enjoy your blood money. (laughs) What's that? Who who was it? We opened up two and a half million cap. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that being said, speaking of salary cap, what are the Browns going to do now that? Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get. Okay. All right. Never mind. Go ahead. We're going to end with it. We're going to end. Speaking of segues. Speaking of segues. (laughs) Let's get to one of our Patreon questions here. It comes from Articula Pack 6. He sent it to me for Sunday because I was going to do a bit of a little thing on my own on a whim on Sunday that I didn't end up doing. So <laughs> I'm doing it tonight. Uh, Articula Pack 6 says, hey, Ray, uh, do you think that the that Bill will use guys like Peppers to change the composition of the defense week to week depending on the opponent and offensive threats? I'm going to go. This is like a Mario question I am going to answer, but I'm going to send it straight to Mario because he's been he's been hammering on about this for a while now. I think the fact that you have uh, now, now if you're a quarterback coming up to the line and you want to read the defense, the safeties are your keys. If there are three safeties, or and, and as you know, Mike has alluded to a few times, there's four guys that could technically be safeties in any type of package that Bill Belichick wants to run, and you don't know who's who. And then two of them end up creeping up on the end of the line. You're like, what is going on here? They're still with too high. And I got guys coming off the edge that I thought were my keys for the safety. So you best believe that he is going to mix it up. He's going to have guys all over the place. He's going to have guys in different spots. They're not going to be in the same place twice. And it's going to be a week-to-week matchup. He's going to try to um, confuse these quarterbacks and try to throw something completely new at them that they haven't seen at all before. And then, you know, it's once that happens, it's – it's just a matter of time before certain teams start getting wise up to it. But by that time, Belichick's hoping he has double-digit wins by the time people start to figure it out. Mike, you want to go next? 
Yeah, and I'm just going to piggyback off what Mario said because you know, you know, we were, you know, the first to kind of talk about this. Uh, this is what Bill Belichick does: chameleon-style defense, and the safeties or the the groupings of safeties, I think, are going to be the keys to that going forward. Not necessarily uh, the linebackers like it has been in the past. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, especially with some of the rookies coming up that we haven't really seen play that are supposedly, you know, quicker, more energetic. So how they interchange those type of guys and, you know, where they go with that. Uh, yeah. And listen, we have been, we've been having this discussion for a while. Uh, basically, we started this conversation even before Jabril Peppers. We started it when they traded with the Browns, when they traded Chase Winovich for Help Me Mike. Um, Har- uh, not Harris. Um, who's the guy? Linebacker, the linebacker. Right? Line, linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways, when, it I, when Mike's looking it up, when that trade happened and he. And he was a guy who had a great rookie season. He was okay sophomore. Things kind of went down. And it was like him and Chase needed – him and Chase almost actually followed the same path of how their career has gone. But the one thing that he was 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 good in the run and good against the pass. He was athletic. That, to me, I remember coming out on this show, Mac Wilson. Thank you, Delusional Patriots fan. When, Matt, when they traded for Mac Wilson, and I remember that he – I came out and said, listen, this is the first step. We're not seeing – Dante Hightower and Jawan Bentley as the middle linebackers, two big, slow, you know, bangers. We said they keep one. We are both hoping it would be Bentley. By the way, I wore my 54 jersey yesterday, so ain't nothing to do with a hate for Hightower. High's my favorite player of all time. Everybody knows that. Him and Willie McGinnis, the two best Patriots for life. Um, but we talked about they're going to use speed. They're going to use athleticism. They're going to use a lot of 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 different things and i think that that was the first sign and then jabril peppers comes in we knew what they had with adrian phillips we know what they have with kyle duggar he goes heavy on secondary in the draft uh yeah i i believe that first of all the patriots defense is always a game plan defense they're always who they're playing so yeah there's going to be different looks every week but i i agree with what mario's been saying i agree with what mike's been saying uh it's all going to start with the safeties i could see a lot of times, Jawan Bentley being the only linebacker on the field in a 3-4, to be real with you. And I could see the other guys in the box being safety. So, yeah, no, you nailed it right on the head. Anything else you guys want to say before we move on? No, I think we got no, it. Good. Good. I nailed it. Uh, so let's look at some of the comments here. Let's just let's go to our let's go to, to uh JL Extra Mayo No Cheese. Um <laughs> Because he has been this, he's been really going at at Belichick. He says Belichick is making a paper. Does that say tiger, tiger defense? Paper tiger, yeah. yeah. Is that like or- origami? Uh, Pats are eight and eighteen against teams that are over five hundred. I mean, Mario, you're a you're a Buffalo Bills fan and a Bill Belichick defender. So, anything you wanna you wanna say? Um, Super Bowl twenty five. Anybody? He knows about paper tiger. He knows how to work his defense around his offense. And you know what, though? He even put a comment in there as well. He said, before Brady left, the Patriots were 23-6 and against teams above 500. I believe that that number is grossly inflated. I don't think that that is what it is. Because Brady, although he did have a winning record against winning teams, it wasn't that high. It was that, it was not that big discrepancy with teams. Um, now, if if you're if you're talking about Belichick himself – you're saying that okay, it's 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 a hundred percent bill, 
of why they're not having success against better teams. Now, I'm going to completely trample on the two hosts of this show, and I'm going to say, number one, <laughs> I'm going to sound try to sound like Ray here over on this side. Try to be like Ray. They had Cam fucking Newton who threw, what, what do you have, 10 touchdowns the season before? How are you going to beat any fucking team if you can't even put the ball in the end zone? I don't care if you're playing an under 500 team, a 500 team. You're not going to do anything. Why did you make me sound like a dyslexic cast member like, on Jersey Shore? This guy will be. We had to talk about Jersey Shore. This guy will be back like, on Thursday. It's back tomorrow, Thursday. This guy, Mike, will be over here and he'll be like, "You know what? I just, I think it was probably a lot of Josh McDaniels not trusting Mac Jones with the offense." Yeah, that's me, guys. No, but the point is, you had you had Cam Newton who was abysmal, and you had a rookie quarterback. Why don't you give this guy a little bit of time to have winning? uh, You know, have a few more games against teams above five hundred. Oh, why don't we just try that? Ray looks like Vinny. (laughs) I just, I just, I don't understand. Like you, you did Mike perfectly. (laughs) Why? Why? What? That's not my voice. You made me sound like a dyslexic Jersey Shore cast member. Like, I don't understand. I love it. I love it. I tried. But, no, what you do is you get very passionate when people want to talk about the failures of a Bill Belichick team post-Tom Brady. And it's like, listen, you're not factoring in everything here. You didn't get the MVP Cam Newton. You got the broke-down 1975 Chevy Cam Newton. Like, it wasn't good. Wasn't good. So I'm just, I was going to move on, but see, listen, over the last, let's say Mike knows where I'm going because I got to address this comment, but I'm going to say this over the last, I came in, I came in to this season, like saying that not that Belichick has something to prove, but that there should be questions about Belichick in some certain areas, right? Um, I don't sure. – I and, and the offense was a big piece for me because I was like, are we still going to run an offense like it's 1995, you know, like power <laughs> run? And I was concerned about a big, slow defense with the people we had to do. Then, then he addressed the defense. We can already see the fundamental change. Yep. Offensively, we have to see. I'm still – there's still – I still have a lot of concerns about the offense, as you know. Which isn't really a Belichick thing, but I and then this comment here, right? Cam Newton is irrelevant, ja 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 ja, whatever. Bill Belichick has a losing record of one hundred million dollars, Drew Blatt. So it's true. He played one season with him, but it's true. But then you're gonna say Vinny Testaverdi and Bernie Kosar? Like, Can why we... don't you why don't you just turn around and say Joe Judge has a losing record with, with uh well, what Daniel the Jones? It? Daniel mm-hmm. Jones or or, Here's or the problem with that. People had a losing record with like this, and see, this is where the argument gets stupid. I can't have an argument yeah. anymore. Yeah, like, vi- <sighs> go ahead. No, no, I was just saying. First of all, <laughs> first of all, um, the uh, it was five and eleven, which he's referencing in the year two thousand. Correct, losing record with Drew Bledsoe. Yes, and I will like- throw a defense that in any Patriots or sport historian knows that Bill Belichick brought in the most poorly managed roster ever. Um, I don't like Pete Carroll and, and them. They just, what they did to that raw, the Patriots went into that season short 
like I don't think they carried a fifty-three man or however many it was. No, because- no, and it, it's funny though. You, you're talking about they went five and eleven with Drew Bledsoe when he was twenty-eight years old. Number one, Belichick did not give him the hundred million dollar deal. That wasn't well, Belichick's well crafted. Yeah, crafted that. And Belichick cut Bledsoe so he can free up that hundred million to start to get his defense. If you think those first three Super Bowls that the New England Patriots won were because the goat was the goat, no. They were won heavily on the defense. And, Ray, we talked about this the other night. We talked about that first one with St. Louis. Troy Brown had a return in that game. Um, if that game went another quarter or two, maybe the Rams win by 20. I mean, like, and, and we weren't even talking about any kind of shady things going uh, surrounding it. We were just talking about the flow of the game and how you saw the game playing out. And if you think that those first three Super Bowls were really won – because of Tom Brady and not Bill Belichick. Well, I would like you to go back and watch those again. I am going to thank Mario for trying to save my face to my audience. But the reason we got into that conversation was because on Monday night, when after I found out he got kicked out of his fantasy league, we got into different conversations. And (laughs) I told Mario that I still to this day believe that that Super Bowl was rigged for the Patriots to win. I uh, put it back to, because we talked about, so what I said, so the conversation started with me saying Josh Allen is going to win a Super Bowl for Buffalo, right? Like that was my thing. And I said, if he doesn't, or this roster doesn't, it's going to be seen as one of the most massive disappointments. Like it's going to be to me the equivalent, and I'm not saying this is an insult truth. Like to me, it'd be the equivalent of going 0-4 in the Super Bowl, like for the Buffalo Bills. Like that's how disappointed it this this fan base should be if this team doesn't win a Super Bowl. And then he brought up the fact that we had that horrible, tragic incident in Buffalo this year. And he's like, you know, the thing is, if they win, they're going to say that it was because of the, the the shooting and they galvanized together. Then we got in all the different conversations, right? New Orleans and Katrina and all that kind of stuff. And then I brought up the fact that I believe that the Patriots' first Super Bowl was rigged. It was 9-11 that year. Mm-hmm. And the New England Patriots in their red, white, and blue you know, the underdogs come out and win the Super Bowls. Then we get into a conversation. Then I made some crack, like Belichick was basically in the Rams huddle. And <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And we just, you know, we had this conversation. So, no, we were talking. I was talking about shady stuff. Mario was trying to help me save face, but I'm very transparent on the podcast. Mario was trying to talk about Belichick's master class of coaching. And I was like, no, they cheated. They cheated. <laughs> Super Bowl. I mean, I, because I, I if if Belichick didn't have his two rings prior to that and his brilliant game plan in Super Bowl 25 then I you know I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and he's continued to prove it and that's one of those things that that Mike is hinging on as well with this multiple safety look that he's going to have this year he's like listen this guy is an innovator above all else he wants to change and be ahead of the curve and mix up what certain guys are want to do it's a copycat league. How, you know what? Try copying what I do, okay? On this defense, try copying what I do. And I'm so interested to see how that plays out. And technically, he's not the first one to do this, but I think no, because of his mind, he could be one of the most effective, right? Yeah. Like the Chargers yeah. did that a few years ago, right? I mean, they just they, they played a ton of, of secondary players in their front seven. It was just mm-hmm. – and a lot of that came down to injury, but they went to the playoffs on it. I, I'm going to throw um, – I'm going to throw out one stupid argument. I don't want you guys to respond. It's just. Oh, my God. No. Oh, God. JL, you are delusional. Please, please. I can't have an argument with you anymore. I can't have an argument with you anymore. You guys saw it, right? Yeah. 
Tell me you saw it. No. Uh, yeah. 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 But we're not going to address it. You know what? That was dumber than my argument. I was going to say that, you know, Belichick had the Brady in the 90s with Lawrence Taylor, and that's the only reason he was a good defender. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that doesn't count because you said Aaron Donald's the GOAT. He is now. He Aaron is Donald now. Is now. Oh, okay. Um, I think he needs to go to one more Pro Bowl, and he passes Lawrence for like consecutive Pro Bowls as from, from your rookie season and all. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, when it, I will say this. When it comes to Lawrence Taylor, I will not vigorously argue with somebody who says, no, it's Lawrence Taylor. I will give my point of why I believe, but I'm not going to disrespect Lawrence Taylor either and say, like, he's way behind Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Lawrence oh, Taylor. No, there's arguments for both right now. It's, it's, like a, it's like if you wanted to argue with me about Sanders versus Peyton, I don't care. I, I, I'd listen to your argument. Yeah, I think Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. Some people think Jim Brown. Some people think Walter Payton. That's yeah. fine. But they all have legs to stand on. It's not like you're saying, you know, I, I think that um, Chris Johnson is the greatest running back of all time. Like, Bye-bye. Go away. Yeah, or Jonathan. Or, or even, well, you could even say, or like Jonathan Taylor, who's in the second year of his, his career. Right. Where it's yeah. like, you know, do it for another six years, and then. We'll have a conversation, you yeah. know what I mean, if, if you put you up in those kind of people. Yeah. All right, let's go on to our next story here. Uh, so this was actually Mario's idea, so I threw it out today. He said, which NFL player will exceed expectation this season and who will live up to the expectations? Now, I want to talk about the NFL as a whole. However, I will throw out my Patriots picks if I can, just because it's a Patriots podcast, just so the chat can argue, even though it's been uh, overtaken by uh, a Bill Belichick disliker. I'm trying not to use the word hate anymore, but uh, a disliker. Um, so people who I believe are going to exceed expectations and people who I believe are going to not meet up to expectations, I believe that Jonu Smith will exceed expectations this season uh, for the Patriots only because I think there's a lot of New England fans who believe that Bill Belichick overpaid, made a mistake. He's taken a lot. Uh, he's been insulted a lot in the media, amongst other fan bases, amongst the Buffalo Bills fan base, amongst the Patriots fan base. People just make fun of John, the Jonu Smith signing. Uh, I truly believe that he's going to come back, have a bounce back season, exceed expectations. The Patriots player who I believe is going to underperform this season and disappoint are you guys ready for this? Let's go. I don't believe he's going to have a bad season, but I believe that Mac Jones is going to look very similar to what he looked like last season. And I think that Patriots fans expectations for him based on his off season, what his teammates are saying are so high through the roof right now that he is going to underperform and not live up to the expectations based on what people think. Now people are ready to see Brady this season and he's not going to come close to that. Um, besides that, there's no player on this team at this moment that I believe has any expectations too high at this moment that I think they're not going to live up to it. Um, I think it's going to be Mac Jones from a Patriots perspective. Now, from an NFL perspective, who's going to exceed, who is going to underachieve, and who's going to achieve? Number one, I think Josh Allen's going to achieve expectations this year. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL. You can't exceed. You can't understand. He's the favorite to win MVP. He's the favorite to win Super Bowl MVP. The Bills are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's the expectation. I think he achieves it. I believe the underachiever this season 
is going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going to struggle a little bit without Tyree Kill. I think there's going to be a little bit of a reset. I still think he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. However, I don't see them in the AFC Championship game this year. I think the streak ends this season. Um, I think they're in a tough AFC West. I am predicting they go to the playoffs, but I don't think they go any further. And the player that I believe is going to exceed expectations this year, or, uh, yeah, exceed, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. I think this is going to finally be the year that Dak Prescott gets it together. They made the move for him. They got rid of Cooper. They kept Gallup. That's his guy. I thought they had a good draft. I'm going to go Dak Prescott as the guy who exceeds expectations this year. I went heavy on quarterback, went quarterback across across the board. Who wants to go first? You did. Mike, go ahead, buddy. Uh, so I actually picked three quarterbacks as well. It's kind of funny that, uh, you know, we were thinking along the same lines here. But so my guy who basically stays where he's at, you know, ex, you know, meets expectations is Joe Burrow. I think he's going to stay where he is. I think he had a pretty phenomenal season last year. I think the NFL will adapt to him a bit, but the Bengals have added pieces around him in that team. So he'll kind of keep that high ceiling going. Uh, the guy that I think, um, you know, will exceed will be Tua. I really do. They've added so much to him. He needs to prove himself. And I hope he puts in that extra effort to exceed. And, you know, Ray and I are going to, are going to meet here. Patrick Mahomes, I think is going to struggle this season. I think the defense, even though they added a lot of great pieces in the draft, won't necessarily be able to cover up the warts for the, uh, you know, missing Tyree kill the aging uh kelsey and you know some newer guys on offense so we'll see what happens there can i can i say um can i say trey nixon yes because of because of the offense yes. he's been having have you seen the hype the trey nixon hype chain train going on in, with, amongst patriots media right now yes no. oh it's no. amazing when, when these guys are just playing in buckets and no pads like i mean this guy is the next randy moss in their eyes just, just you know I love him. Three feet shorter. Three him. feet shorter. This is the greatest. This is the, I know. This is the greatest uh, inside joke. I love. I love training. All right. Okay. So if I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go New England Patriot centric here. I'm gonna say the um, the, the player that because um, I had I had two for the underperforming. And now uh, let me let me try to you know give you my description of why. I had um, Butler Malcolm Butler underperforming, and I had Mills having a better season than Butler. Um, even though not many people, I don't think, were very, very high on Mills. But I think, you know, people would think Butler coming back into a new a Bill Belichick defense, he's going to automatically just just thrive and do any pick up where he was before he left, this and that. No, I think there's going to be so many changes with the defense and how benched? it's going to change. He, he might get benched. Well, I mean, he was benched in the Super Bowl. He said he's going to pick up where he left off. So that's why no, he said <laughs> No, no, I think he might get back throughout the season. But I, I decided to go a different route, and I wanted to say not because of statistics, not not because of inability to perform. Ray, I'll pause because you probably heard that before. Um, not because of inability to perform, but I will say that Matthew Judon will not meet expectations for the New England Patriots this year, and let me explain why. Because of the defense that they're going to be running this season, Teams are going to focus on Judon, which means other players are going to eat other than him. This guy had 60 tackles, which was the second highest in his career, had 12 and a half sacks. I don't expect those numbers to be there, 
This year, I expect them to be spread out more with that defensive front, linebackers, safeties coming up and stuff. I expect other players to become stars in this defense because of what Judon and the presence that he brings in this defense. I'm not saying it's not his fault. He's going to have a year where he's not. He, he may just get 10 sacks. He may just get nine. But I'm not saying it's not going to be his fault. The whole team as a whole will have more sacks. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm, I'm going to say statistically he'll have a drop, but the t- d- team defense overall will be better for the New England Patriots. Okay, Do you want to go NFL at all? Yeah, NFL now. Uh, I have the, the underperformance is going to be Tyreek Hill compared to what he had in, in Kansas City and everything. And the fact that I still believe that head coach is going to try to turn him into the next Debo Samuel, and he's only he's 30 pounds too light to do that. Um, and as far as um, uh, overperforming, I think a lot of people are, are, are really sleeping on Matt Ryan. Have, have we ever seen Matt Ryan with a legitimate running game? I'm, not to, I'm talking legitimate running game. I know he had Coleman and he had Freeman as pass catchers. I know you're great. I see you. I can see you. But I think Matt Ryan's going to shock some people this year. Stop it. So much. Why don't you like Matt Ryan? I have an issue with Matt Ryan. (laughs) I love the the jazz hands. Because somebody very close to us. Yes. Who comes on this show a lot. After watching Matt Ryan play with a prime Julio Jones, a prime Muhammad Sanu, having those passing running backs, came out and told us that this is the best roster Matt Ryan has ever played with in the NFL. All right. Can you hold that against Matt, though? I can now. You know, I hold it against him strictly for that (laughs) comment. (laughs) You son of a biscuit. Lawrence, I love you, but uh, I will never for the rest. If you if (laughs) – I texted Mike while that conversation was happening, and I said, did I just hear what I thought I heard? Like, did I hear that correctly? And he's like, yeah, you did. And I just sat there dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. This is a team whose top receiver is like Paris Campbell. I'm sorry. I know that's fine. That's fine. I think I think that's the reason. I think so much focus and onus is going to because you're talking about a quarterback that hasn't had a winning record in four years, and no, the no, expectation I, for him I don't think is very high. And you're talking about a so, run first team. So if I he think win, he's, if he if they go if they win nine games this year, he's overachieved. No, I think that they're going to win double digit games. He's going to have over forty touchdowns and four thousand yards. I've never wanted somebody to fail so badly in my life. Why would you want me to be wrong? He's Why a not you? You? Because then I got to hear, I told you guys that, hey, you know. Hey, he could have, hey, remember Dak Prescott when he almost had 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and they went eight and eight? That was a fun year. I just need Ryan to overachieve, not the team. How, how Wait, how many yards and touchdowns did uh, Deshaun Watson have his last year in uh Oh, he had like 4,900. Yeah, and which, they won two games. Which is crazy because I thought he was done when they lost Hopkins. Oh. And he threw for more yards without him. He might be done now. We're going to get to that, though. Uh, quick comment here. Big MGM says, for the past... Actually, before I get to this comment, I need to backtrack a little bit and just... In the same sentence, almost, Mario insulted my sex life 
and then also insulted Matt Judon, who's the new Dante Hightower in my life. I don't know what I did to you today. First, you did the worst impression of me ever. And then you... Maybe I'd have three kids if I was a little, if I didn't underperform. I you just know something, Ray. You know, it's it's almost like you never know when karma's gonna knock on the door, but she always shows up. It's gonna hit you one day. It will, but no, it's from the, from the multiple times calling me a table jumper. <laughs> table jumper. It's a he table jumper. He, he doesn't you talk. Do, he, You've he doesn't jumped talk with that table. accent. What? Come on now. <laughs> Mike's making fun of my accent. No, I'm not making fun of it. He he's, he's giving you the wrong accent now. You oh, don't yeah, call him a table jumper. Table That's... jumper. Have you jumped through a table before? Have I? Be factual. Have you jumped through a table before? Technically, I was thrown through it by Paul. And you allowed him to do it, right? Like it's not like he blindsided you and you didn't know it was coming. I mean, he's a he's a buck fifty five. What can he do to me? Like really? <laughs> you know, he's wiry. He's like Nigel Gruff in The Replacements. He's you know, it just It's the fact that you're coming across like I'm the asshole of this whole podcast. No, you're not. Like I've been taking you. shots at you forever, yet no, you're the right. guy who's it's been kicked like out were... of two Dynasty Leagues. Oh, I, I 100% that, am an asshole. I wasn't trying to hide that. <laughs> this is not going anywhere for the rest of the year. I'm I telling you not... though. I am not someone who decided to rattle up an entire fan base for the most popular safety on the team. <laughs> I didn't do that, Ray. You did that. Dude, that was the best three weeks of my life. And I did not I did not flex Mike, that enough. Mike, I did get that not... sound bite. We'll yep. play it for his kids one day. Yeah. Those I are the did... best three weeks of my <laughs> life. I did not flex that enough. I mean, I was it was so good. I was you did, you did so proud of that. Job. I was so proud that Kevin and I got to give a shout out to Kevin. It was a joint effort. Yes. We did it together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you are consistently being quote tweeted and retweeted and having tweets like by the player himself and the player's wife and the fan base is just exploding. Dude, I got into a huge beef with a comic book store over this. <laughs> like I had a comic book store coming after me. I enraged the Bills Mafia. And the best part was was watching the Mafia then throw Poyer under the bus day after day after day. Like, as if this was his idea. As if he was asking for money. And then... And then he made the comment that everybody should be paid. And my hands just went in the air. And I was like, he wasn't even thinking about saying it until it became a trending topic and who made it a trending topic? Oh yeah, this guy. You know I, what? This, his, this his is daughters an Insta- are going to be graduating. This is college. an Instagram shot. This guy right here. There, there you go. Um, All right, let's get on to this. Uh, let's get on. I, to wait, real one. quick. I forgot to give my New England Patriot overachieving player. Oh god. Go ahead, Cole Strange. All right, because of the fan, because of the fan, the fanfare around his draft. I think he's gonna be great. A lot of us have actually overhyped the kid now. A lot of us are running around calling him like, like. I'm not calling him Quentin Nelson, but I think he's gonna do good this year. You know what I mean? No, Quentin Nelson's nothing. Quentin Nelson is not human. Probably one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. He just knows Lawrence is gonna watch this now, so he's just throwing shade, (laughs) massive amounts of shade. 
He's now playing with the worst quarterback he's ever played with before. It's going to be a <laughs> Yikes. I can't wait till next Tuesday. Oh, Is that when you have mine Tuesdays? Uh, no, we only we only go on Wednesdays now. Oh, we're a once a week show. You're basically like a you're basically one of the three hosts of the show. Like you're on the only podcast of the week. This is pretty phenomenal. I love you, it. sir. Co-host a Patriot centric podcast. Yes. <laughs> Please do not put that on my handwritten resume. Oh man. <laughs> If Buffalo Bills fans were didn't call it, didn't think you were a closet Patriots fan before. Hey, you go through any episode, you could throw a dart at any episode, and I will tell you that I became a Buffalo Bills fan the day Drew Bledsoe got traded to them. I um, I just want to go on hashtag one day and be like, oh, it's so so cool to be with my my Patriots co-host here on his own channel. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you should start tagging them on Twitter. See how fast hashtag tanks with my two wait. with my two co-hosts that producer Mike and that hashtag the Dear Pats Nation podcast for real New England Patriots fans. <laughs> yeah, I cannot, I cannot wait to buy my Drew Bledsoe stitch jersey that's half Bills, half Patriots. Just I know Paul watches sometimes, and I hope he's watching right now. Yeah, listen, you tried issuing a trade for Mike, Mike for Paul. Hey, I invited Paul on the show. I think you saw. He'll message, be here. Right? He'll be here. It's I'm you know what? His kids got baseball, man. No, they, no. I told it's, it's an open he invitation. He's in, he's invited here all the time. But I'm going to ask him how he feels about his Buffalo Bills co-host now hosting the Patriots podcast. Oh, That's going to be good. Here we go. Here we go. All right, let's get to trade me for a hot cup of cup cup of coffee. By cup the way, yeah. uh, I said yeah. cold too. I like iced coffee. I said either yeah. or. I'm good. Duncan, I even take Duncan's. Oh, nice. Speaking of which, I got some beef with the Buffalo guy. Mutual friend of ours, the king, Jay Spence. Jay Spence was in Buffalo. I'm listening. And he shredded Tim Hortons. Hey, not everyone. It's not for everybody. No, I told him. It's like your Nation or hashtag sports. It's not for everybody. I told him if he was in Canada, that's a federal offense. (laughs) (laughs) You do not. You get run over by a moose. Yeah, oh, the moose, deer. No, 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 no. We save that for the hell pigeons for them to go. The the Canadian goose. All right. When you when you insult Tim Hortons, we throw you in a room with two Canadian geese and just let them go. He said he doesn't like Tim Hortons. That's it. No pancakes and syrup for a week. (laughs) Sorry, eh? Mike from downtown. Bang. Do you know what irritates me the most though about that what, accent? You know what is irritates that, me the most about you having a brim that you can serve food on? That's an American accent. <laughs> First of all, this is a little bit bent. I was just thinking I need to get a new one. It's got a little bit of a curve on it. When did this turn into a freaking roast? Like, no, but oh, yeah, I know. It is, it's totally Americanized. It's totally Americanized. Hundred percent. That's. But but I mean, that is a where was Fargo based was, out of? Fargo was South Dakota, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that's did. what you guys. That's the accent that you no, guys use to make fun of Canadians. Yes, it is. It's Canadian that is, bacon. We're trying to do a Rick Moranis impression. Is yeah, is but you doing but it you, you always try. You Americans try. But you I'm always not come out. Good. You always come out sounding like you're from Fargo or whatever. Fuck. Like okay, moving on. What's I got what's four Fargo? more stories to get to, guys. It's already fifty-eight minutes in. Oh shit. Okay, go. Cool. Uh, I already did this one. No more tangents. 
Bill Belichick, this comes from Mark Daniels. Bill Belichick has been very hands-on during these practices. We've seen him snap to Mac Jones, show Jack Jones how to catch a punt, and even simulated a DB in drills. He said he's having fun. Quote, I enjoy coaching. Now, as a New England Patriots fan, this is what I'll put on the table. This is a little bit of a different side over the last couple of years that we've seen out of Bill Belichick. And I'll go back to the 2020 season. Um, after the COVID-19 pandemic hit and then the, the George Floyd tragedy and all that stuff that all accumulated, we sort of seen a different side of Bill Belichick. We always heard that New England, that he was a tyrant, New England's the no fun zone. And then like Damian Harris was coming out in 2020 being like, I don't think I could have played for any other coach during this time period than Bill Belichick. And you could tell a lot of it was very genuine. It wasn't just like, I got to talk good about my coach, Devin McCourty, who's very outspoken, had nothing but good things to say about Belichick. Since the Brady Belichick split, there's been a complete difference in both individuals, right? Brady, uh, a little bit more open. And I don't know if anybody saw this the other day, Brady for unprompted. I mean, just shouted out Belichick and called them like the greatest coach he ever played with and this and that, which I believe that whatever rift those two had is completely done. I think they needed to separate and, and, you know, time is, is what do they say? Time makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that Absence. that's what they're saying. Absence makes the, 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 the heart grow fonder. And I think that though, but like now Belichick's in there, we, we always know he's been involved in it, like getting in there, talking to guys, but like we've never seen him snap a ball to Tom Brady. He's snapping a ball to Mac Jones. He's out there fielding punts. He's out there acting like a DB. Like, this is a 70-year-old coach who has not been somebody to – he has not showed this much fun in a long time. Like, he's really – as he's gotten older, it's – it's. A, I like this version of Bill Belichick. This sort of – like, he's still like the, hey, Bill, are you going to run a new offense? I don't know. Like, he's still like that guy. But then he's out there, like, having fun with his players, joking around, that kind of thing. Mario looks upset with me for some reason. I'm Not you. I just – all oh, the comments. I said Bill uh, Belichick, right? So we've we've yeah, ignited the chat again. Um, Mike, I'll go to you as a Patriots fan first. Like, do you like this version of Bel- I like this version of Belichick? Yeah, and it's funny, it almost reminds you of like a grandfatherly relationship as opposed to a fatherly relationship, right? His son, right, quote unquote, Tom grew up, got a little bit, you know, too big for the house. Okay, I gotta send you on your way. You're you're grown up. Go be yourself. Go get your own team. Mac Jones comes in as the grandkid. Man, I really love my grandson. I gotta show him the right way to do everything. I gotta coach him up. I love these young kids that he's bringing around me. I like all his friends. Let's, you know, show his friends the right way to do things. And that's how I kind of view it. Maybe it's it's reinvigorated him his sons being there again you know we're losing we're losing the metaphor at this point but you know his family being involved at the facility all that i think i think really does have a lot to do with this reinvigorated non-angry all the time bill that by far was the greatest analogy you have ever used on this I you you just because i was literally you just, just called say, i wasn't going to go the grandfather you route, just called mac jones his grandson, and I can't tell you how much I love. I mean, him. after I mean, saying he was Brady's daddy, and Brady grew too big for the house, and he asked him to leave. Yes, he's being. It seems like he's that. he's with his his grandbaby, and uh, just just loving being a grandpa. I love make it. Mike. That Mike, a Mike, I'm not even sarcastic. I love Please it. Make that a soundbite. Oh no, this is going to mean like crazy. You don't understand. This is going to mean like I am running with this. This. Oh my god, all it was over great. My socials. 
I was I was loving that because I was like, yo, Brady, he outgrew the house. Like like you said, he outgrew the house. He had to go experience college. He's a little bit more outgoing now and down in Tampa. He's a little bit more vocal, joking around, doing this. But then Brady decided after a few years, he's like, you know what? The old man was right on a lot of things. You know, so and then I then I wasn't gonna take it toward the Mac Jones grandson thing. That's amazing that you did that. Like like it's like Belichick's enjoying some of his retirement now. He's like, Yeah, my kid's out of the house, I can actually do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, just to so bring great. it full, full circle again, dropping the metaphor, but his, his actual kids being there. So being able to work with your kids, oh, yeah. you know, I think, I think that that means a lot to him. So, you know, when you, you see this, you know, we're going to call this Patriots 3.0. I think this really genuinely probably does excite him, even though like Ray said, at the end of the day, he's just like, yeah, I don't rank them. Yeah, you know, he's he's yeah. still he's in, he's already I, like so the first story we talked about today is because there's been all this talk about the Patriots getting a new offense and he was asked at his first press conference, uh, Bill, are the Patriots going to run a new offense this year? And his answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and they said, Well, where do you like where do you rank this offense? Like, I don't rank him. It's just <laughs> he's in mid season form right now. I know, I right? Mid-season Bill, please form. bring your stepson Drew Bledsoe in to coach. <laughs> oh, Drew. <laughs> It's That's funny because I think there's like still bitterness be- with Drew towards Bill. I think there is towards yeah. Parcells too because remember, yeah. Bledsoe got replaced by Romo in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll draft you, bring you down to Texas. Uh, actually, you're kind of old and suck. So uh, we got this guy. I'm tired of you throwing picks on the goal line, Drew. <laughs> yeah. um, we're trying to score points here. Oh man! All right, uh, we got another Patreon question here. This comes from my boy Alex Danio, who says, "Do you think that Trey Nixon will be on the roster this year?" And I know that Mario is going to be super excited to talk about this. He loves himself some Trey Nixon, um, and this is obviously stemming because Patriots camp started on Tuesday, and over the first two days of camp, what have we heard? Trey Nixon has been unbelievable. Let's remember, guys, they're in buckets with no pads, but. I think Mac Jones with 21 for 23 day one, um, you know, you, they're going to have these kind of performances. It's very soft defense. Uh, a lot of the older guys who've been around, it's hot outside. They're going to be taking it easy through mini camp. Nobody wants to get hurt at mini camp. I think that like though everybody's worst fear is a mini camp injury, you know, like it's, it's a training camp injury, right? These guys are going to start soft. They're building their way into it. They're getting their fitness levels up. Um, Trey Nixon had a one-handed catch today that apparently was phenomenal. Uh, We all know the Ernie Adams connection. He was personally handpicked by Adams. Adams' final pick uh, of his career. He retired immediately after that draft. I get it. Here's my my honest-to-God opinion. Unless the Patriots are planning on trading Jacoby Myers, I don't think Trey Nixon makes the lineup for this very reason. A, I don't think they can move Aguilar, even though we've heard they want to. I think the salary's too much for this year. He's not going to, you got to think about who's he going to replace. They have special teams now on the defense, actually, coming out from uh, from Wilson or from Jones and, and those kind of guys. Offensively at wide receiver, you have Devontae Parker, you have Nelson Aguilar, you have Kendrick Bourne, you have Tyquan Thornton, and you have Jacoby Myers. Belchuk's, and then and then you have Matthew Slater, who's going to be carried as a sixth receiver, even though he's going to be on special teams only. I do not see Bill Belichick carrying seven receivers. Uh, Mike, I'll go to you first. Trey Nixon making the squad this year. 
Yeah, this is a long shot, and let's be honest, one one day a camp shouldn't make you, but uh, I really think it does. This kid's gonna be phenomenal. You know, uh, no, I can't listen. I can't keep the joke up. I gotta be serious. Um, could I see him maybe make a run for like the last spot on the roster if they find a way to unload Nikhil and Aguilar? Yeah. Otherwise, practice squad guy probably uh, gets you know, dumped in with the likes of Christian Wilkerson. Good. But, you know, we don't really know. We'll see what happens. Wilkerson was on the practice squad last year, by the way. He came up for two games. Uh, yeah. Caught two touchdowns in his one and only start. Could have caught three. Dropped one in the end zone. Reminded us why we had issues with Christian Wilkerson. And yeah, back he went. Even like I've called him Isaiah Zuber over and over again. I liked Isaiah Zuber, too. He... Yeah, he came in at a couple end rounds. Yeah. All right, your boy, Trey Nixon. Is he going to be on the Patriots roster? I got a couple of things. Number one, there are these guys that teams will fall in love with and and fans will fall in love with over OTAs and minicamps and stuff like that. He's one of those guys. Um, Duke Williams was a guy in Buffalo. Uh, uh, Christian Wade, running back from the uh, overseas program, was another – they just fall in love with these guys that end up performing. Oh, this guy could do it. Well, it's not in competition like you said, Ray. The other thing that I want to say is why I think he's probably going to make the team is that in the draft, a lot of times, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders are the guys that are projects. But here's the thing. If you are to cut him and wave him like he was already, you know what I mean? He was already. So he, he's a guy that definitely can go on the practice squad. No one's ever going to touch him. But I just wanted to give this little point as far as the draft goes. There's a reason why they delegate a guy as a draft pick versus just picking up in free agency the the next month or the next day. Because the point is they want to have a four-year controllable contract on these guys. You know, sometimes seventh rounders like that really won't really won't manifest. I think he was what seventh round two thirty-two. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Edelman. He's seventh round two forty-two. So just to let you guys know, seventh rounders, Edelman, Trey Nixon. Not supposed we, to make the we team. Get it. We not get, supposed to be there. He wasn't even drafted as a receiver. Edelman was. He was even drafted as a receiver. Yes, he was. He was, guy. he was drafted as a return guy. Anyway, point being is, um, I love Trey Nixon. I just think he played it's, defensive it's a funny back joke. in the Super Bowl. Did you know that? Uh, was that him? Yeah, against yep. the Giants, Edelman played corner. He wasn't on the offense. He was a cornerback in the Super Bowl. He was covering somebody pretty I like Trey Nixon. I like too. underdog stories. I think that's the biggest thing. And Trey Nixon's an underdog story. Just make you sure you kill Harry and you trade no, Aguilar, he has him. a shot. You cut Harry and trade Aguilar, you got a shot. Other than that, he's probably practice squad again. All right. Oh, no, make sure it's game three. He ain't watching. Celtics Warriors, NBA Finals. All right. Celtics are in the All right. Mario just I'm, found out. I was today years old. <laughs> today years old when he thought it was game three of the NBA Finals that the Celtics were in it. Shows you how much I watch it. All right. Last one. And um, I could pick. Okay, guys, this is going to get serious. You guys got to be serious here for a sec. This is a subject you don't want to be laughing in when I start. I could have picked a lot of tweets to go by for this one um a lot of reactionary stuff but i went with mina kimes i like mina kimes i think that she gets um i think there's a lot of chauvinistic behavior towards mina kimes that goes undeserved some days and i'll tell you what 
I never, ever get the argument, you never played in the NFL, you shouldn't be talking about football, ever. Like, nobody ever makes that argument with me. But she gets it on a daily basis. Um, However, she wrote this today. The Browns bet $230 million on Deshaun Watson because they hoped everyone would just move on. But the New York Times did something that the team arrogantly refused and pretended to do. They actually investigated what happened. Strong, strong, strong words from Miss Kimes. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, and I was for a day because I missed the whole New York Times post, but uh, the New York Times uh, went out and did an investigation of their own that the Cleveland Browns apparently couldn't do. And Mina, or Mina Kimes, uh, Deshaun Watson had 66 interactions with massage therapists around Houston, Texas, around Houston, Texas. And now it's being possibly brought to light that perhaps the Texans knew and were arranging rooms and arranging therapists and ish is going to hit the fan. And at this point, I think the pressure that Roger Goodell is going to be under and feeling to put him on the exemplist, reminding everybody that other players with that were under investigation were put on the exemplist, Antonio Brown, before mm-hmm. any charges, before any convictions were put out. He was put on the commissioner's exemplist and then suspended. Um, I know he's trying to protect an owner right now. I know he's trying to save face. I know this is going to be a horrible look for the Browns, which, by the way, the city of Cleveland collectively, maybe not the Browns fans, but collectively rejected this trade. Um, Protests started uh, at women's shelter, in front of women's shelters in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I think the Cleveland, Ohio battered women's shelter, something like $100,000 was donated in in a month span. And I had quote tweeted a tweet um, from a lady and it got a lot, my quote tweet got a lot of traction and I was really, really surprised. And I'm not going to say the name now, even though it's out there. And it was, I was, it was a fan who claimed to have season tickets for years. And uh, you know what? I'll say the name. Anybody ever heard of Jim Tomey, the baseball player? Mm Mm-hmm. They were Cleveland Browns season ticket holders, and his wife um, put out on Twitter that they canceled their season tickets after the Sean Watson trade. And I didn't even catch on that it was her. I didn't even look at the last name. I just quote tweeted it, and then suddenly it occurred to me based on the reaction I got. And I was, it was a good quote tweet. I wasn't fighting with her. You know what I mean? I kind of like, I kind of complimented her, tipped my hat, not have any idea who she was. She wasn't blue check mark or anything. Um, And uh, yeah, so Jim Tomey and his wife gave up their Cleveland Brown season ticket holders, season tickets because of Deshaun Watson. These new allegations just came out as just going to infuriate people and even more. Uh, Deshaun Watson, despite having 1.4 million Twitter followers, went private today. So 1.4 million people are still able to tweet at him and see his tweets and that kind of thing but uh for the rest of us like me who wasn't following him i can no longer see what he's tweeting uh as far as i'm concerned he's gone into hiding 
I, I believe in a justice system. I believe in innocent until proven guilty. Uh, as we learned throughout the whole process with Deshaun Watson, just because he wasn't indicted by the grand jury doesn't, it's not a, an omission of innocence. It's an omission of evidence uh, or a deficiency of evidence. However, at this point in time, I'm going to put, I'm, I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be real with you guys. If Deshaun Watson plays football this season, there will not be a Dear Pat Station podcast after this year because I will not give the National Football League another second of free endorsement and I'll be done with them because right now they have to do the right thing and they're not. And I'm, I'm putting that out there. Screenshot it, screen grab it, record it, call me out if I don't do it, but um, that's why I'm putting it out here publicly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a lot the last 24 hours, and I'm going to be honest with everybody. To me, it's not surprising. Um, anybody who thought this was just going to stop, I think I either made comments on this podcast or maybe to Ray in private and others in private that it's the same thing as as uh, Antonio Brown. You know, as soon as you think it's kind of settled. And this is not to delegitimize, you, you know, the, the accusers go after Deshaun Watson, whatever it may be. It's the, just the nature of the beast that there was going to be more evidence, more accusers and more, you know, just things surrounding all this to come out either right before the season started or as the season started. So the Cleveland Browns kind of doing what they did shows not only a measure of desperation, but just, a, a you know, I'm just going to say it. They ignored, they, they ignored that, you know, that they, they went into this basically face first and you know what the NFL needs to start learning from this because, you know, Ray's brought it up multiple times. The NFL doesn't employ the best people in the world and they're people that we hold up as heroes. And you know what? I think some people get su suspended for, you know, innocuous, stupid reasons. And I think some people des deserve to be suspended and never play another down of football. And it, again, the NFL's internal justice system to me makes no sense. The fact that the teams here were willing to ignore justice and just be blind in general, I think is not necessarily the best thing, obviously. And, and it, it just gives everybody a bad look like, like, listen, you shouldn't be so desperate that you need to go out and do something like this. And I'm going to tip my hat to Baker Mayfield for, for a second on this too. I know it sounds kind of weird, but you know what? They screwed him in the process of doing this. And now, now what are they going to do? They're going to be up shit's paddle without a creek he, or <laughs> up shit's creek without a paddle. And, and he's going to be sitting there going, yeah, well you were a bunch of a-holes. Good luck. Yeah, so. I I hope that I hope that Baker Mayfield tells them to go fuck themselves if they say Baker, we need you to play this year. I know at first I said he can't afford to, but now I hope he does. Mario, I'm going to pose the question to you a little differently if I can. Okay, mm -hmm. let me start by saying three pisons right here in this room or in this on this screen. Right, mm -hmm. we were all raised right by our mothers. Right, you know what I mean. It's nice. an Italian thing. You got a little. You got two little boys. Right. If this was Josh Allen, would you be proud seeing your boys wearing number 17 jerseys right now? I would not. They wouldn't. I would not and, have them wear those because um, 
I think the gentleman also. I mean, this is aside from the the topic. I know what you're trying to, with the question you're trying to ask. But aside from that, uh, all, all of our mothers raised us in the in the fashion that you don't have to look further than the dinner table for a role model. That's number one. Number two is the fact that um, I would not endorse, like you're saying, put money in his pocket if that was Josh Allen. Now, the actually, I was going. Opinion, I actually wasn't going money. No, no, no. If what I can I'm just saying, clarify. No, no. What I'm saying is that the, the court of public opinion sometimes accuses many players of. Th- I'm not defending him. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, the court of public opinion always crucifies some of these guys before they're actually, a, oh, you know, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was, right. is a, is a yeah. clear example. Yeah. And I'm on record on this show up until today saying I'm not willing to crucify Deshaun Watson. I'm also not willing to say anything about his accusers because if it if it comes out that they are victims, I will not victim shame either, right? I was I, I told the line. I said if more comes out, this is becoming Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? Where it's just mm-hmm. there's inevitability of the number the number has grown from 23 to 66. Well, here's okay. the deal. He said he said publicly that he met with 40 and their investigation stated that there are non-disclosure agreements that were issued from the Texans for these women. Now, I'm going to tell you guys as someone who is 43 and is really 43 I've had massage therapists in the past. I'm not a professional athlete, but when you find one that is good, you don't find another one. You're done. 40 over a five-year period? Why? That's that's what I was going to say. With the amount of money that he has and the amount of resources at at his disposal, and again, I'm not trying to go too much on this but wouldn't you just employ one person to like come around with you all the time well here's my other thing you have most teams have massage therapists on site in the athletic trainers right yeah number two you vigorously vigorously defended yourself after you were cleared and weren't indicted on charges on the grand jury, you tried to cut a hundred thousand dollar twice. Two grand juries. Yep. Two yeah. grand juries in Texas, though. Let's yes. be, let's before he in was Texas. Traded. Yes, in Texas. <laughs> yes. You tried after that's all done, though. Yes. You tr- you tried to cut a hundred thousand dollar deal with your accusers to make this go away. To me, that was the telling sign right there. Because I you've think, just been cleared twice, yeah. you've 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 you he could have had his Johnny Depp moment. You know what I mean? Of look at me again, and then you try again. That and this this New York Times story to me gave me the proof I needed to finally take a stance on where I where I lived with this story. Yeah, we we have talked about on the show multiple times off the show on the phone we talk about the nfl we're football fans we love the nfl we have our specific teams we love the nfl usually when a quarterback wants out of a situation it's usually because of the head coach offensive coordinator they got rid of a player that they really like we've seen it happen within the last five years it's happened all the time but more specifically within the last five years we've seen when a quarterback wants out because of a certain thing i had told ray 
It makes a lot more sense now that even after Bill O'Brien was fired, that Deshaun Watson still did not want to be in Houston. Usually when you make a change like that, you're doing it to comfort your million-dollar franchise, multi-million-dollar franchise player and your quarterback. Even after he signed his contract, he wanted out. So you factor little things like that in. Like I know that you said, Ray, with the 100000 per accuser. The other thing, when he didn't want to leave, when he still wanted to leave even after his coach was gone, that tells me it's an off-the-field thing. That's an off-the-field thing. So I don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, I think it's interesting that, Ray, you decided to take Kimes' tweet because I think it hits a little harder coming from her than anybody else because I know a bunch of people are tweeting about this already. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. But it, it is not looking favorable in as far as the information that we're given as the public of what's going on with Deshaun yeah. Watson. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And I, I do believe that there's a whole, a whole, whole piece behind it. But... Mm-hmm. And I and again the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial I think was you know w- was proof that we can jump too quickly. Um, unfortunately, that message has been lost because men took that as a victory for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I have refused to take a stance on this, as you guys know, and as the audience who watches me regularly knows. I refuse to take a stance on the Watson thing. Um, so for me to do this, it's played out enough for me. You know what I mean? And I respect your opinion of you want to wait longer. You know what I mean? Like I get that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm aware that I've now, I've seen enough. I've taken my stance. Um, I think where my concern is and where I was going with the whole, if this was Josh Allen, it had nothing to do with money. And I think you nailed it perfectly when you said, you know, when you're raised right by your mother, your, your role models right across the table. Mike said it though. Young kids, they look up to these guys. You know yes. what I mean? The heroes. Yes. Um, you may not like the guy, but Tom Brady's a pretty good kid to look at or a pretty good guy to look up to. You know what I mean? 199th, mm-hmm. what he's done in his life. Oh, uh, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen's a good guy to look up to. Patrick Mahomes is a good guy to look up to. You know what I mean? Um, and don't forget, Mahomes, Mahomes wasn't some you know five-star recruit, boom, you know, guaranteed oh, yeah, yeah, first yeah. rounder. You yeah. know, there's a lot of good guys to look up to. Yeah, I wouldn't want my I wouldn't want my kids looking up to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I like, mean that's that's a, that's a part of you know that that's preference. That's that's yeah, certain things like that. But I think one. But when it comes to Deshaun pointing, Watson, though, yeah, you know what I mean. That no, and now now you're gonna go private on Twitter. Now you're gonna run like a coward. You just signed the largest contract in NFL history. You chose to continue being a public figure. Yeah, and then you're gonna go private on Twitter and be a coward about it. After yeah. all this stuff comes out, come on, kid. That yeah. dude, just because you're private doesn't mean I can't tweet at you. Yeah. It just means I can't read your tweets. No, no. Deshaun Watson's went into hiding. And as far as I'm concerned, he's went into hiding for a reason. And that's just to, for his team of lawyers. He, they told him, listen, you're not going to have any type of communicate. We have to try to get a, a, a cover on this or whatever they're going to try to get on this. And I think one to one of your points, Ray, that should be mentioned, and I think it's lost in the mix sometimes. You, Deer Patch Nation already knows it, but I'm a teacher. 
it's it's customary for me to repeat things and try to teach. We must remember that Goodell works for the owners. And you mentioned it at the beginning of your of, of your speech where you were talking about he, he's trying to protect this owner because he works for the owners. We, a lot of people just kind of forget about that. Like he doesn't work for the, the fans, doesn't work for the players. He is specifically working for the owners. And can what can they I say want. one? Can I say one thing in regards to that though? What's the that? Browns knew exactly what they were doing because they basically gave themselves a one-year insurance policy they with Sean Watson. And I'm not sure what the good. language or the, and I'm sure there's an escape hatch in his contract that says essentially that if he is, you know, indicted or you know whatever crimes are confirmed, they're out. Right? Like I'm sure they, they don't have to pay him, but that will not affect salary cap. Because that's what the pay the Patriots. That's what happened with. Um, it's not if he's indicted. Do you remember when Aaron Hernandez was arrested? Yeah, the Patriots immediately released him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they had to pay out his salary. But Robert Kraft decided just to eat it. Yeah. Because if they would have waited till he was convicted, then they wouldn't have had to pay him. Right. Robert mm-hmm. Kraft decided it was worth it just to pay him out. Then. Right. And I didn't want to get too much on the money thing because that's not really where I was going with this. But again, I'm they may but have they, built they gave themselves out for a one year suspension because right. like I think his salary cap hits only like eight, like only like a million dollars. They're only going to he's only going to lose a million dollars in salary because it's all bonus. You know what I mean? So right. they've given themselves out. For, they, they've actually helped him. OK, boys, right. I want I got to play the, the rock and roll music here and, and get out. So I need to maybe end this with something a little bit funny. So I did tweet today. I quote tweeted. I took a screenshot of Deshaun Watson's private Twitter account. I quote tweeted. He went private with 1.4 million followers. Laugh sign. Uh, Through Mike McChicken, our boy McChicken just threw it in our DMs, and he wrote, "Rub and tugs are legal in Canada, right? Maybe this is why the NFL won't expand to Canada. Watson would demand a trade right away. Rub and tugs are legal in Canada, by the way. Is he bringing craft?" Well, Kraft is welcome here anytime. I'll bring him to the, the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Look it up. It's a real place. <laughs> Look up the Blue Lagoon, boys. I know Mario, what it is. Michael, I, you know what it is? Damn. I love this guy. Gentlemen, I appreciate you as always. Guys, the Deer Pass Nation podcast is an association with RayRoute.com and the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. And we are sponsored by the Newsbreak app. Support the Deer Pass Nation channel by downloading the free Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. The Newsbreak app is a dynamic app that uses your geolocation to collect all of your local news all in one place. So help the podcast get yourself a great app by downloading the Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. Uh, just as an added bonus, you can follow me on Newsbreak break and get some exclusive content. Never miss a video or live stream. Subscribe to your Pass Station uh, YouTube channel and uh, hit that little notification bell so that you know every time something's new. And uh, as my boy Mario said, hit that like button. Follow us on Twitter at DPN or at RayRouteWeb. Follow Mario at hashtag 2.0. Check him out on YouTube, hashtag sports. Instagram at hashtag sports. Check out my boy Mike here on our YouTube channel on the podcast and at producer underscore Mike N. Head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DPN Sports, $5 a month, exclusive live streams, all that kind of stuff. This week, Mike, are we doing it? It's this week, right? Yep, this week. This, this Friday, Friday, 7.30 p.m. Hang out here. 
Mario, it will be invited. If he ain't getting laid, he's coming. You guys, download the Dear Pat Station podcast every Thursday at 7 a.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castro, Google Podcasts, RayRoute.com, and DeanBundell.com. Get your hands on some merch. Links in the description. That's it for now. Never forget, you're all legit, kid. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.